Our Old Testament reading for this evening is from the book of Isaiah, the 42nd chapter. And in this, in this uh, prophecy, God is lamenting the fact that his people, the people of Israel, are blind. Blind to him and to blind to all that he's doing in their lives. So through the prophet Isaiah, God says, For a long time I have held my peace. I have kept still and restrained myself, and now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. I will lay waste mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn the rivers into islands and dry up the pools. And I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know, in paths that they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do, and I do not forsake them. They, well, they're turned back and utterly put to shame, who trust in carved idols, who say to metal images, you're our gods. Hear you deaf and look you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is blind as my dedicated one, or blind as the servant of the Lord? He sees many things, but does not observe them. His ears are open, but he does not hear. The Lord was pleased for his righteousness' sake, to magnify his law and make it glorious. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. And our epistle reading is from Ephesians chapter 5. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. And out of respect for Christ, I invite you to rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel as you're able. A reading from St. John, chapter 9. And this will also serve as the basis for the message this evening. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground and he made mud with the saliva. And then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. And so he went and he washed and came back seen. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. And so the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, well, he put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. 
But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such, do such signs? And there was a division among them. And so they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? And he said, he is a prophet. And they answered him, you were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this evening's message is from John chapter 9. The words that I read to you moments ago, but I also wanted to read to you from that chapter some words that I did not read in that gospel reading. So I'd like to pick up and read from verses 18 through 25. The Jews did not believe. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight, who had received his sight. And they asked him, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? And his parents answered, Well, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he sees, we do not know. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone, his parent, if anyone said that Jesus is the Christ, that he would be put out of the synagogue. And therefore his parents said, well, he is of age, ask him. And so for the second time they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. But one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. This is our text. In the name of Jesus Christ, who gives sight to the blind, dear fellow believers in him. While many blind people have accomplished, accomplished great feats throughout the years, I mean, who are some of the famous blind people that you are aware of? For me, I think of Helen Keller, the great American author and activist, I think I read somewhere that she was the first blind person to graduate from a university in the United States. I think of the musicians like Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, and of course I also think of the famous Italian tenor Andrea Bocelli. Beautiful voice. There are many, many, many blind people who have accomplished great feats but despite the remarkable accomplishments of blind people, there's one feat that they can't achieve. 
they can't make themselves see. Imagine yourself as the blind man in the gospel reading. You've never seen the sun rise. You've never seen the sun set. You've never seen the smile on your mother's face. You've never seen the pride in your father's eyes. Or for that matter, you haven't even seen the color of your own eyes. And in your life, creation's kaleidoscope of colors is reduced to gray. And your destiny in life, because you're blind, is that of being a beggar. And day by day, you sit in the heat of the sun, and you hear passerbyers murmur, Sinner, curse of God. And deep in your soul, you know they're right. Yes, you know they're right. You're a sinner. You're cursed of God. That's why you're blind. And there's nothing that you can do to change your condition. Then one day, a man named Jesus kneels beside you. And you hear him say, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened, his blindness happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And I am the light of the world. And then you hear with your ears Jesus spit. And you feel his finger pressing against your eyelids as he applies mud on them. And then Jesus says to you, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And a calloused hand takes hold of your arm and leads you through the streets of Jerusalem until you arrive at the pool of Siloam. And you descend into the steps into the cool water and you splash water onto your face and into your eyes and you're really not sure why it is that you're doing it except for the fact that a man named Jesus told you to do so. And what else did you have to do? What else did you have to lose? And as you splash the water onto your eyes, as you open your eyes, the brightness of the sun blinds you. It blinds you because you can now see. What do you think you feel at that moment? What are your first thoughts? From the depths of your soul does not joy arise, and from your mouth spring, I was blind, but now I see? Glory be to God? What would you miss? What would you miss most if you became blind? That was a question that was asked of several people, and they gave a variety of different responses. I'm going to share four with you. Someone said, if I suddenly lost my sight, I would miss seeing my mom. Someone else said, if I was suddenly blind, I would miss seeing artwork. Someone else said, I would miss seeing the sunrise and the sunset. Someone else said, I would miss the light. I would miss the light. You know, we're all born blind, spiritually blind. That's the hereditary nature of sin. Paul expresses our spiritual blindness in the epistle lesson when he says, you were once darkness, I mean pitch darkness. There is at least one feat 
that spiritually blind people can't achieve. Spiritually blind people can't make themselves see. In fact, John says the light shines in the darkness, but those in the darkness have not seen it. And it's for this very reason that Jesus, the Son of God, the true light, comes into the world. Jesus comes to us, blind as we are, and he announces, I am the light of the world. And Jesus touches, he touches us as he splashes baptismal waters into our eyes. And our eyes are opened. And we see, we see God at work. We see Jesus in a way that we've never seen Jesus before. We see him as our Savior and as our Lord. And at that moment, when Jesus opens our eyes, what do we feel? What are our thoughts? From the depths of our soul, does not joy arise? And from our mouth spring, I was blind, but now I see. Glory be to God. Yes, you and I are no longer blind. When Jesus asks us, do you believe in the Son of Man? We respond, Lord, I believe. I didn't make myself believe. Your Spirit made me believe. And we see Him for who He is. And we worship Him. St. Paul urges us to live as children. To live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. You know, there are differences between spiritually blind people and spiritually seen people. Spiritually blind people claim Jesus is not from God, whereas seen people, spiritually seen people, believe Jesus is Lord and worship him. Spiritually blind people call evil good and good evil, whereas seen people, spiritually seen people, call evil for what it is, evil. And they celebrate that Jesus overcomes evil with his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. Blind people, spiritually blind people, remain blind forever. Never seeing Jesus for who he really is. Whereas spiritually seen people are privileged to know that they will see Jesus in all of his glory with their very own eyes when they're resurrected from the dead. Jesus is masterful. I mean, John is masterful. John is masterful in the presentation of the exchange between the Pharisees and the blind man. As the Pharisees descend into deeper spiritual blindness, if that's even possible, the blind man ascends from blindness to sight. So in our text, if we were to read through all the verses of John chapter 9, we see that the Pharisees begin by saying that Jesus is from, not from God. Like verse 16, it says, this man is not from God. Why? Because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. I mean, God wouldn't heal a blind man on the Sabbath day, would he? No. So this man cannot be from God. And then the Pharisees, they also question the authenticity of the miracle that Jesus performed. 
The Jews were told in verse 18 did not believe that he had been born blind. And so they had to go talk to his parents. Is this really your son? Was he really blind? Are you telling the truth? Because we can't believe that this miracle actually happened. And then when they find out that indeed the miracle did happen, then they accuse Jesus of being a sinner in verse 24. Oh, we know that this man is a sinner. And then in verse 29, they, they say, well, we don't know where this man came from. And then finally in verse 40, they scoff and they reject Jesus' assertion. They reject Jesus as the light of the world, as their savior. When he asks them, are you also blind? And they're like, no, we're not blind. You're the one that's misleading everybody. And so as they descend into deeper spiritual darkness, as, they, as their blindness seems to intensify, as that is all happening in them, we see that like the sunrise, the blind man begins his day in darkness, but by the end of the day, he is seeing things that he has never seen before, not only with his physical eyesight, but also with spiritual eyesight. And so we see the progression in this man. He starts off in verse 10 and 11 saying, well, Jesus is a man. This man called Jesus made mud and he anointed my eyes and he said to me, go wash in, in Siloam. So I did. And then in verse 17, this man says, well, Jesus is a prophet. Then in verse 27, the man says, this man, Jesus, is, this prophet is worthy to be followed. And then in verse 33, he says that if this man were not from God, then he couldn't do anything, so he must be from God. And then in verse 35, he says, Jesus is the Son of Man. And then in verse 38, we hear the blind man say what? Well, the man who can now see, say what? Lord, I believe. And then he worshipped him. What a progression. All in one day. From seeing Jesus as a man, who taught him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, to, say, to, Siloam, to saying, Jesus, Lord, and then worshiping him. Jesus says to you and me, he says, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. For night is coming when no one can work. And while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Just think on that last sentence for a moment. While I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. It's kind of a curious statement in some ways. Because, well, let me ask you this. Did Jesus leave the world when he ascended into heaven? And if he left the world, does that mean that his light is no longer shining in this world? I mean, that seems to be what he says, right? But, of course, we know that Jesus, although he ascended into the heavens, did not really leave the world. He's here everywhere, isn't he? And what has he promised? He has said, I am with you always. I, the light of the world, am with you always to the very end of the age. And so Jesus' light continues to shine through his word and through you and me. And that's why he is, one of the reasons why he's opened our eyes, so that we might see him, so we might testify him, just as that blind man testified of Jesus. What, do you want to believe in him too? That's what the man asked and he opened our eyes so that we can go out and say, do you want to believe in him too? Because he opened my eyes, he can open your eyes too. Do you want to worship him? Come along with me and let me introduce you to him. 
And so Jesus, he sends us out. He sends us out as lights into this world to to people that are blind, literally spiritually blind all around us. And you know, as we go out, some of those people will respond like the Pharisees. They'll just descend into deeper darkness. And they'll have every reason why it is not to believe in Jesus. And they'll say, he is not of God, he's not this, he's not that. But there will be people like that blind man whom the Holy Spirit will open the eyes. It may happen instantaneously, but more likely, it'll happen over a period of time. You might go out and share the message of Jesus and say, I know Jesus who can can cure you of your spiritual blindness. And as you talk with them, they may say, well, I perceive that Jesus is a man. Oh, now I maybe perceive him as a prophet. Oh, I perceive that maybe he was someone special sent from God. But as you keep witnessing and telling them about how God can open their eyes and you speak that powerful word, the Holy Spirit may bring that person to the point and say, you know what? I believe. I was blind. But now I see. Glory be to God. And what a joy that is, isn't it? When someone makes that confession. I can see it now. Believers gathered in heaven. That means you and me too. Gathered around the light, around Jesus who has opened our eyes, and we're singing. And what is one of the great hymns that we're going to sing in heaven? You know it. I won't have you sing it. Maybe we should sing it, right? You know I like to sing. I had you sing in the last sermon. We'll sing in this sermon too. But what is it? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. That's a hymn we're going to be singing in heaven. I was blind, but now I see. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.